Is this something that I've been doing to the point? In Chicago, and he's doing this. I mean, that is what Bobby the Brain Heenan would call a ham and egger move. What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They, they have a real shot to get to. Frazier's got it! And the Big Ten Championship is in Champaign! They rush the floor! And now, broadcasting live and local. From the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. Larry Bird, the Hick from Salt Lick. Yeah, Hick from French Lick. Whatever. And Eric Fry. I have honestly no idea. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in. Come into a new day of the starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game ESPN Radio. What's happening out there here on this Tuesday, Taco Tuesday, Twisted Tuesday, whatever you want this Tuesday to be. We're here to help you celebrate. Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, hanging out with you for the next hour or so here on ESPN Radio. Coming up, we'll be talking to some uh, local sports per usual as we got some Local volleyball from uh, last night, and we got even more for tonight's action. We also got some soccer sectionals tonight as well, so we'll take a look at the schedule, and we'll be hitting up on uh, some uh, Major League Baseball postseason action as one half of the World Series is uh, set. The other half will be uh, set tonight, so we'll take a look at both of those games and we'll take a look at some college football today because we had an absolutely loaded show yesterday. We didn't even get to anything college football related yesterday. So uh, the Illini group therapy session commences I can't wait. in the third segment as we try to get over that loss, the collapse in the fourth quarter in the second half in particular of the fighting Illini there on homecoming. Against Wisconsin, uh, thank goodness that we have a, a bye this week, so we can't lose this week. But I heard that we're going to struggle even against the bye this upcoming Saturday. But mm-hmm. it comes at the right time. And also uh, we got some uh, area coaches going to be uh, joining us in the podcast as well. Coach Jefferson uh, from the uh, conference champions, the LPC Champion Arthur Lovington, Edwin Hammond, and Knights talk about that game on a Friday against Sullivan and their playoff uh, matchup this upcoming Saturday. And also catch up with Coach Wilson from uh, Villa Grove as well. Talk about his win on Friday, continuing VG's nice run here that they're on at the end of the regular season in their playoff matchup this upcoming Saturday as well and it's also the beginning it's the tip off of the nba season that's right nba begins tonight two games on the uh, docket 
for uh, tonight. So uh, we got to ramp up our NBA coverage. We got to do a little NBA, talk a little NBA, previewing that a little bit. And yeah, if we get to that here on the Treasure Show, we'll get to it. But if not, we'll get to it in the podcast in some sort of mm-hmm. a fashion. And of course, you can find that podcast wherever you find your favorite pods iTunes, Spotify, the website, FEM Radio. Dot com. Of course, the uh, starting lineup would not be possible without McMahon Meats, Tingley Insurance Agency, Worth Computer Repair, and a Teutopolis State Bank as well. We got a absolutely loaded show and not as loaded as yesterday and Mondays. Usually are quite busy uh, and an even busier sports night as a lot of things are going on tonight. So uh, we need to set the table for all of that. And we need to get this thing jump started, and we need to get it started in a little first segment we call First Things First. Before we get into the show. First Things First. Like I mentioned, one half of the World Series is uh, set in uh, baseball as we had a, a game of seven uh, there last night in uh, Texas. They got the party started early, and uh, they won't stop, can't stop, as uh, they scored three in the top of the first. And then Max Scherzer, he wasn't exactly uh, the uh, sharpest as he only went uh, two and two-thirds innings, giving up four hits, a couple runs. But then Jordan Montgomery former Cardinal, acquired yeah. at the deadline, 3-0 and this postseason, ends up picking up the win in this one. And the Texas Rangers win this one 11-4 over Big Brother, the Houston Astros. And uh, the Rangers are going back to the World Series for the first time since 2011. Yeah, just the third time, Travis, in their franchise history, mm-hmm. uh, taking down the reigning champ. Now let's talk about the reigning champ no reigning champion has reached the world series since the 09 phillies that is a 14 season streak that's the longest drought of all time and no team has repeated as champion since the yankees three-peat from 98 to 2000 the 23 yeah. season streak without a repeat champion is the longest drought in mlb nba nhl and nfl history wow it's tough to repeat in baseball it very much is and you know, yes, the the pitching was great last night, Travis, but it was all about Garcia. Mm-hmm. I mean, MVP for a reason. 357, yep. 400, and 893 at the plate in the series with five homers and 15 RBIs. 15 RBIs, yeah. Record mm-hmm. for the most in a single postseason. Yeah, he was uh, he was outstanding, and uh, he had that home run and that game, and then. Uh, don't wake up the Astros is what uh, the catcher mm-hmm. Martin Maldonado said. And, well, they just woke, woke Garcia up a little bit as he continued to tear the cover off the baseball. And, uh, man, yeah, what a great series he had. MVP for sure, well-deserved. First player all-time with an RBI in six straight games in a single series. Yeah. Tied an MLB record with home runs in four straight games in a single playoff series. First player all-time with a homer and three RBIs in three straight playoff games first player in postseason history of the homer after striking out four times earlier in a game after he hit the grand slam in game six and the first player with four hits and two homers in a game seven he's the fourth player in mlb history of multiple homers in a game seven and the first travis since that that monster home run hitter 
Johnny Damon did it in <laughs> in uh, 04 with the Red with the Yankees when Damon was with the Yankees. Johnny Damon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he did have some clutch clutch hits yep. there for Boston. And with the 20 RBIs this postseason, Garcia is now tied with Corey Seager for second most by a player in a single postseason behind only David Freeze in 2011. Ooh. But that's only by one, you have to think. Odds are he may break that. Yeah, especially with uh, how outstanding of a series yep. uh, that he had this time around. We'll see what he does in the uh, World Series. And again, I think I said it towards the All Star break when uh, at the at the All Star game when uh, they had uh, Garcia and Rosarina there. They were their best friends because they came through the Cardinals organization. And again, it's uh, my reminder that you know on social media, I know that I follow a lot of Cardinals and a lot of mm-hmm. uh, Cubs and people on the X, and it continues to get brought up that yes, he was a part of the Cardinals organization. But we did give up on him after 19 games. But guess what? On February 10th, 2021, the Rangers designated Aldis Garcia for assignment and cleared a spot on the 40-man roster. All 29 other teams, including the Cardinals, let him clear waivers. And on February 13th, 2021, the Rangers invited him as a non-roster player to camp. So the Cardinals gave up on him, but so did everybody else in the league, and so did the team that he currently plays for. And again, Travis. So we just need to stop this. Just because one player's doing good on one team doesn't mean he was going to be good on another. I know. Yeah. Different coaching staff, different atmosphere, different ballpark, different yeah. everything. You can't right. just say, oh, well, we should have kept him. That's not how it works. Right. Yeah. Different, totally different now, situation and whatnot. I'm glad he's bloomed into the player that he's become. If he was... I'll use Kyle Schwarber as an example. Kyle Schwarber was raking for the Cubs. Yeah. I can look back and say, you probably should have kept him. He probably would have been okay. Yeah. It's kind of like when the Cubs let Greg Maddox walk the first time. Cy Young winner. You probably want to keep him around. He's probably going to be okay. Right. This was a case of no one knew he had this in him. Exactly. So So we we need to stop with all this foolishness every time. That he starts doing good. And and Travis, I wanna I wanna talk about the Rangers. Uh-huh. Texas entered this season as one of three franchises to make multiple World Series appearance but never win a title. Mm. Can they end yep. that this year? They joined the Rays and the Padres. Those are the only three teams who have been to multiple World Series and never win. The Rangers, by the way, perfect eight and no on the road this postseason. Tied for the longest road win streak in MLB history with the 96 Yankees and the 2019 Nationals. And, hey, if the World Series gets to a winner-take-all game, Mm -hmm. the Rangers have the guy because this was the sixth winner-take-all game and third Game 7 managed by Bruce Bochy in the postseason. His teams have never lost in those games. Right. He is a perfect 6-0 in winner-take-all and a perfect 3-0 in game sevens right and uh, on the other side of that you didn't want dusty baker as your manager in a game nope. seven because he's never won one nope nope and texas is one of six active franchises to never win a world series title and they ha- have been around the longest they joined in 1961 same uh eight years before the brewers and padres still have never won a world series mm, yeah Ah, uh, it was 2011 was that that perfect yep storm for them, but they just ran into David Freeze. David Freeze, the the hottest. So how on the ironic planet. is it if Garcia breaks David Freeze's RBI record this year? Yeah, 
Right. It'd be I, like poetic justice. It is. It is kind of justice. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. would say so. Not David Justice, who was a Ranger, too. Ah, yes. <laughs> great, great player there for your Immaculate Grid right there. And also the Rangers, they uh, laid a blueprint uh, here two years ago. We kind of made fun of Corey Seager for signing that big 10-year, yep. $325 million contract. And they also acquired Marcus Simeon as well that year, seven years, $175 million, and they had a losing record, and it's like, ah, what is Seager and Simeon doing? But, uh, you know, two years later, they're here in the World Series, and it worked out for them. It, it still feels like, Travis, because you had that, and then they signed um, a couple pitchers this offseason. Um, yeah, you know, they also, I think it was this offseason, they signed Evaldi, two-year, yep, $34 yep. Million, uh, Jacob DeGrom, yep. five-year, $185 million. <laughs> And even John Gray, I think that was when the uh, same offseason yeah. they signed Seager and Simeon, four-year, $56 million. And it seems like every time the Rangers have made these signings, we all just look at each other and go, what are they doing? And then it's not until now you kind of realize, like, oh, hey, they have a good roster. I forgot yeah, they, they signed all these guys. <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of know what they're doing. <laughs> very quietly. Mm-hmm. Very quietly. And I give credit to their GM and their front office staff because they're not flashy. Like, a lot of these teams, when they sign a Corey Seager, a Marcus Simeon, a a DeGrom, would be flaunting it everywhere. Right. They didn't. You know, I know DeGrom has been injured. Right. But still. Yeah, just just think where this team could be if he was pitching. Or it'd be worse because maybe the chemistry would be off because he would be be. your star. Right now, you know, yes, you have Uvalde, but they're kind of a pitching staff that's better as a staff than an individual pitcher. Yeah. Right. And so maybe he throws off that chemistry. Some players do that. Potentially. Yeah. And, you know, also acquiring not only Jordan Montgomery, but of course Scherzer, who was there uh, last night. Uh, they also acquired uh, uh, Mitch Garver as well, Rollis Chapman as well. I know Chapman's kind of been a little shaky uh, this postseason, but um, hey. Yeah, he's a big arm. He has some postseason experience there, and that's something that uh, really, besides the manager, uh, Bochi and Seager, Mm -hmm. uh, this team is pretty young and doesn't have a lot of postseason experience. But, hey, they don't care. They're trying to exercise those 2011 demons and potentially uh, get that uh, World Series uh, title. And uh, one half is a set, and we're going to a game seven in the NLCS side as the uh, Diamondbacks and the uh, Phillies, as the Diamondbacks won last night 5-1 to one in uh, this one, as the D-backs put up a five spot, including three top of the second, and they kind of took that crowd out of it early with those three runs in the second, and uh, Mario Kelly was doing great. Five innings, mm-hmm. three hits, but um, manager took him out and wasn't too happy about it. Um, you know, especially after I think he just struck out uh, Turner and Harper on back-to-back batter on back-to-back batters, and they took him out. But I guess if that was the game plan, they didn't go away from it. Yep. And whatnot, no matter how his performance was doing. And so um, Arizona forced that game seven here. Um, Marte, yep. he had another hit, and now he has a hitting streak going on in the in the postseason. He's hitting 15 straight. Yeah, he's hitting all 15 career postseason games, Travis, matching yeah. Marquise Grissom for the longest hit streak all time to begin a postseason career. His 18 hits this postseason are the second most by a Diamondbacks player of all time, trailing only 
Steve Finley from 2001. Nice. How about that one? Like Steve Finley. There you go. And the Diamondbacks, Travis, back-to-back mm-hmm. back is what they're known for. It's third time this postseason that Arizona has gone back-to-back back jacks, tying in the 07 Red Sox for the most instances of a team going back-to-back back in a single playoff run, as this was Tommy Pham and Grell who went back-to-back. Back. Yep, they did. That was the second inning. So, Travis, we have a lot of things that, that are exciting about this Game 7, all right? Mm-hmm. Because the Diamondbacks... This will be their second Game 7 in franchise history. The other one being the 01 World Series, which was that famous walk-off win against the Yankees mm-hmm. to win it. Yep. The Phillies are playing in their first Game 7 in franchise history. I know. It's hard to believe. They're one of only five current franchises to never play a winner-take-all Game 7. This mm. is their 14th best-of-seven series all-time, by far the most of any of those teams. For comparison, the D-backs have played four best-of-seven series, and this will be their second game seven. The Phillies had played 13 straight best-of-sevens without going to a seventh game, time with the Yankees from 76-01 to for the longest streak uh, all-time at any point in a franchise playoff history. The longest, by the way, to begin a franchise history. The previous high was nine for the Cubs from 6 to 19 38 and the Phillies were also handed their first home loss of the postseason and the first home loss to an NL opponent since when Travis do you know I don't know since game five of the 2011 NLDS against the Cardinals yeah there you go there you go pointing pointing out the Cardinals again that magical 2011 season for you yeah it's a 12 game streak snap it's also the fourth time that both LCSs have gone to a game seven first since 2020 uh the uh Third time also that both road teams in the LCS forced a winner-take-all final game. Uh, those included 1973, Reds and Mets, and then the Orioles at the A's. And then Travis 03, magical LCSs of 03 where they both went to seven. Marlins, Cubs, Whites, or Red Sox, Yankees. Hmm. Yeah. Though that, magi- I mean, the, that was magical year of the road teams crawling back you know you have the bartman game of course on one hand and you have the red Sox down from 03 to that was in 2004 oh yeah that's right it was the yankees versus the marlins in that world series that's right yeah that was a year off but they still forced a game seven on still the road. A game seven yeah, yeah. i mean uh, aaron that was the aaron boone game oh yeah there yep and right now, scheduled for the starter in Game 7, which, by the way, you can hear at 7.30 tonight on 98.9 The Game, um, is Brandon Poft. Is that right? No, the piece silent. Oh. Uh, Fod. Fod. Yeah. He's going to be the seventh rookie to start a Game 7 in the wildcard era since 95. Rookies in Game 7, Travis, are currently 4-2. and two. Hmm. As Ian Anderson lost it for Atlanta in 2020, but the guy who opposed him, Dustin May, got the win there. Uh, Walker Bueller won in 2018 LCS. Uh, in 07, uh, Dice K for the Red Sox won it. And then in the 02 World Series Game 7, John Lackey won it for the A's. And in 97, it was Jared Wright for the Indians who lost it there. Uh, Ranger Suarez, by the way, slated to start for the Phillies in Game 7. This postseason has allowed one run on 14 innings of work over three starts, including five and a third scoreless in Game 3 against Arizona. Yeah. I think if you're Philadelphia, you probably like your chances uh, tonight's 
at least pitching matchup uh, at least, but uh, I know uh, Fod's been uh, good the last couple of postseason games, I think. By the way, 6.30 for that, not 7.30. Yeah, 6.30. 7.30 Eastern. Right. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, the last game that he was against the the Phillies last Thursday, five a couple of hits yeah. and nine strikeouts. And the Diamondbacks won that game. But I think that was I, the one they walked. No, that wasn't the one they walked it off. Do you, do you feel the momentum though is with the <clears throat> Diamondbacks? Yeah, I kind of feel that way. With them winning in Philly, Philly had been this era of in, in, invincibility right, of playing in Philly. Their first loss of the postseason. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that kind of really broke the seal, so to speak, on on the Phillies and their invincibility. Mm-hmm. Right. It was all about just Arizona and getting on the board first and keeping the crowd quiet a little bit because, you know, in the past it was, you know, Harper going deep in the first. It mm-hmm. was Swarber going deep on the very first pitch of the game and whatnot. So that got the crowd into a frenzy early yep. on. And so you got to keep them out of it as long as you can. And uh, they'll go to a game seven. Uh, tonight for uh, the NLCS to see who's going. Is it going to be the Diamondbacks? Rangers probably won't be the most watched World Series, I'm guessing, but I would be totally okay with that. Uh, Philadelphia, we'll see if they can uh, pull it off in their first ever Game 7 in franchise history. And to me, Travis, if you're MLB, or more importantly, if you're the Networks, Probably want Philly, I guess. I would think. I think the last thing you wanted was a Diamondback Rangers World Series. Yeah. But I think that's yeah. what you're going to end up having. I hope so. I hope so, too. I hope so. I like having teams that you don't expect to be there be there. Right. So, let's let's go Diamondbacks yeah I know you hate the Phillies so you were rooting Diamondbacks the whole oh, time yeah, but absolutely go go D-backs uh tonight we'll be uh listening out for that tonight here on a 98.9 the game best two words in all of sports we get it back-to-back nights game seven of the NLCS we'll move on here to uh, some uh, local sports on the way Talk some uh, volleyball action from uh, last night's regional opening of regional play and take a look at uh, tonight's regional schedule. And we'll also uh, take a look at uh, the remaining schedule as well from the area, including some uh, sectional championships and the semifinals tonight. All on the way here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios will be right back. (laughs) hey son how are you feeling uh i'm fine pops what's on your mind i just i can't explain it navigating without a compass eyes waiting started to wonder metamorphosis loss of who you thought you is when your kid can't find the language help them find the lyrics listen to the sound it out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at sounditouttogether.org Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. You can't see the future, but you can prepare for it. With the universal life policy from Pekin Life Insurance Company, you'll have guaranteed death benefit protection with the potential to build significant cash value for later years. Request a free quote for universal life insurance at PekinInsurance.com and in Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. 
recurring automated marketing text messages. Consent are required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. The team's looking good this season. I think so. Man, I miss playing football. Being young with unlimited energy to burn ever since I turned 40. I just can't find that fire I used to have. Think you could be lower testosterone? What do you mean? All guys lose their edge when they turn 40. The body has less testosterone. That's why I take Nugenics Total T. I've heard about Nugenics. That really works? Since I started taking Nugenics, I'm lifting like when we played for Coach Carter. I feel more energized at work. It's even spiced up things between me and the missus. Are they still giving out complimentary bottles for people to try? Yep, send a text. It's that easy. Text POWER to 4242. For right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. It's the number one selling testosterone boosting brand at GNC and Walmart. Do it now and they'll also send you a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, their newest, most powerful fat burner ever, absolutely free. Text P-O-W-E-R to 42424. That's power to 42424. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, the starting lineup. That was back in the 50s and 60s. I know not a lot of, there were not as many teams, not as many good players or whatever, but let's Travis still, knows this from personal around. experience. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. Go ahead. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Eight in a row, impressive. <laughs> On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. Just got done talking about uh, some uh, baseball postseason action. Let's talk about uh, some uh, volleyball postseason action that got underway uh, last night, a regional play. Let's take a look at uh, the results here in uh, the uh, Class 1A St. Elmo Regional. It was the 9th seed Altamont. Picking up the win over the 10 seed at St. Elmo Brownstown, 25-18, 25-14. The KZ Westfield Regional, it was the 7 seed host school. KZ getting the win over the 10 seed at Tri-County. Tri-County actually won the first set, 25-22. KZ comes back for the second one, 26-24. The third set goes to the Warriors, 25-22. In the Oka Valley Regional, it was the host school 8 seed Oka Valley over the 9 seed at Dietrich. And Dietrich actually won the first set 26-24. Oka Valley comes back in the second set 25-19. And then the third and final set goes to Oka Valley 25-16. In the South Fork Regional, it was also the host school, the 9 seed South Fork over the 8 seed Armstrong. So a 9 over an 8 there. 25-21, a first set winner. Armstrong wins the second set 25-16. And then third set goes to South Fork 25-12. In the Leroy Regional, it was the 6-seed Argenta over the 10-seed Fisher. This one just went two sets, 25-19, 29-27. Long second set there. It goes to the Bombers' way. Class 2A of Vandalia Regional saw the AC Litchfield over the 10-seed Greenville, 25-18, 25-15. And the 6-seed Pena gets the win over the 11-seed of Vandalia in two sets as well, 25-19, 25-11. Gillespie, the 9 over the 7 East Alton Wood River in the East Alton Wood River Regional. Uh, Gillespie won the first set 25-16. Uh, East Alton won the second set 25-17. Third and final set 27-25. Gillespie with the winner. 5-seed Alton Marquette defeated the 12-seed of Piasol in three sets well. Piasol actually won the first set 
Medal Marquette with a second and third set winner, both finals of 25-22. North Mac Regional is the seventh seed of Pittsfield over the tenth seed of North Mac in two sets, 25-16, 25-15. Regional was the eighth seed of Stanford Olympia over the eleventh seed of Moreau Forsyth, three sets. And it was a Deer Creek over the 12th seed Clinton in two sets, 25-22, 25-19. Westville Regional was the 9th seed Arthur Levington Atwood Heyman over the 7th seed of 50 and Oakwood in two sets, 25-13 and 25-9. Paris with the winner over Sullivan, 6 over a 10, 25 or 21 to a 15 and a 26 to a 24. The Lawrenceville Regional is the ninth seed Cumberland over the eighth seed Lawrenceville in three sets. Lawrenceville actually won the first set 25-14. Cumberland wins the second set 26-24 and the third and decisive set 25-18. In the McLeansboro-Hamilton County Regional, it was the seventh seed Teutopolis over the eleventh seed of Flora. First set 25-5 there and 25-21 in the second. Tolona Unity Regional, it was the 7th uh, seed Warrensboro Latham over the ninth seed Tolona Unity of three sets. Tolona actually won the first set 25-13, but Warrensburg takes the second set 27-25 and the third and final set 25-15. And it was the 5 seed Monticello over the 10th seed Macon Meridian in three sets. Macon actually won a long first set 29-27. Monticello was the second one, 25-16, and also the third one uh, goes the same score as well for Monticello. And finally, in the Class 3A FEM uh, Regional, it was the 7-seed Charleston over the 8-seed Mattoon in the Colts County Clash Regional action there, 25-19 and 25-22 for a Trojan victory there. In junior high girls basketball last night, it was also North Clay over Brownstown St. Elmo by a point, 27-26. Seventh grade, it was Dietrich over CHBC, 16-10. And in the eighth grade game, it was CHBC over Dietrich, 20-11. And that was it from uh, local sports last night. We still got more uh, regional action in volleyball, but... Uh, first up in uh, soccer, we got in Class 1A Williamsville sectional championship. It's Teutopolis against uh, the host school there. And it was also a number one seed in that uh, sectional Williamsville. And that one is at 7 o'clock for the kickoff tonight. So good luck to uh, the uh, shoes in the sectional championship uh, tonight there in Williamsville. Should be a good one. And we'll see if it goes to PKs. As well, seems to be the trend for the shoes uh, there. I uh, wanted to uh, take a look at uh, if they win uh, Topless, they'll go to the uh, North Max Super Sectional on Saturday at 7 o'clock there. And so we'll see how it all shakes out tonight. And in a uh, semifinal in 2A in the Rochester Sectional Semis, it's Muhammad taking on Rochester at 5 o'clock there for soccer. And a volleyball tonight, though, in the Class 1A St. Elmo Regional, the 3-seed St. Anthony taking on the 13-seed Patoka at 6. Following that is the 5-seed South Central at the 11-seed, or against the 11-seed CHBC. Casey Westfield Regional, the 4-seed Oblong against the 14-seed Martinsville at 6. Following that, uh, the 5-seed uh, Palhut against the 13-seed Red Hill. Oka Valley Regional at 6 o'clock. The 3-seed Chrisman against the 12-seed Tuscola. 
Following that is the 6 versus 11, Arcola versus Neoga. South Fork Regional, the 4 seed Villa Grove versus the 14 seed Danville Schlarman at 6. Following that, the 7 seed Georgetown Ridge Farm against the 11 seed Urbana University. Leroy Regional, it's the 3 seed Hayworth against the 13 seed Weldon at 6 o'clock. And the 5 seed Leroy against the 12 seed of Farmer City Blue Ridge. In Class 2A in the Vandalia Regional, the 2 seed Hillsboro against the 8 seed Litchfield at 6. Following that, the 3 seed Shelbyville against the 6 seed Pena. East Aldenwood River Regional, the number 1 seed Staunton against the 9 seed Gillespie at 6 o'clock. And the 4 seed Carlinville against the 5 seed All Marquette at 7. North Mac Regional there still at the North Mac Middle School. The 2 seed Pleasant Plains against the 7 seed Pittsfield at 6. And the 3 seed Athens against the 6 seed Auburn. Clinton Regional, number one seed at Downs Tri Valley against the eight seed Stanford Olympia at six, and the four seed at Fairbury Prairie Central against the six seed at Deer Creek. Following that, Westville Regional, the two seed of Westville against the nine seed of Allah at six o'clock. Three seed Bismarck Kinney, Rossville Anvil is against the six seed Paris. Following that, Lawrenceville Regional, Carmine White County, the two seed against the nine seed Cumberland at six. Three seed Robinson against the six seed Newton. The Hamilton County Regional is the number one seed of Fairfield against the seven seed Topolis at 6.30. And the four seed Hamilton County against the five seed Mount Carmel following that. Delona Unity Regional, the two seed of Bloomington Central Catholic against the seven seed Warrensburg Latham at six. Three versus five, Champaign St. Thomas More against Monticello follows that. And in 3A, last few here. Uh, Decatur Eisenhower Regional, the number one seed Chatham Glenwood against the eight seed Decatur Eisenhower at six. The four seed Mount Zion against the seven seed of Springfield Southeast at seven. Springfield High School Regional, the two seed Taylorville against the six seed Jacksonville High School at six. Following that, the three seed Rochester against the five seed Springfield High School. Normal University Regional, it's the number one seed Normal University against the seven seed Bloomington High School at six. And the three-seed Muhammad Seymour against the six-seed Orantool follows that. FEM Regional, it's the two-seed FEM Hearts against the seven-seed Charleston. Apollo Conference matchup there had a six o'clock in the regional semis. And the three-seed Bethalto Civic Memorial against the six-seed Olney will follow that. Champaign Central Regional at the Champaign Central Gym, North Gym. The two-seed Lincoln against the eight-seed Urbana High School at six. And the four seed of Champaign Central against the five seed of Champaign Centennial follows that. Troy Triad Regional concludes here. The number one seed Highland against the ninth seed Jerseyville at six. Four seed Troy Triad against the five Salem follows that. And that is your regional action for tonight. And we'll report about it tomorrow. Junior high girls basketball tonight as well. The eighth grade uh, National Trail Conference. Uh, tournament begins uh, this evening. It's the 8-seed Dietrich against the 9-seed Neoga at 6 o'clock. And then the 4-seed Altima against the 5-seed South Central at 7.15 there to begin that one there. So just had the 7th grade tournament wrap-up last week. Mm-hmm. And that's at yeah, Beecher City. I wasn't sure where that was, but Beecher City is where that will take place tonight for junior high girls basketball.
All right, so we ran through the local schedule coming up here. We got some uh, college football action ahead, and we got the uh, Illinois Fighting Illini football team therapy session coming up next here on the starting lineup. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, the starting lineup. We'll be right back. Live and unrehearsed. In 2021, the Effingham County Sheriff's Office received over 200 reports of fraud, forgery, and scams. This is your Effingham County Sheriff Paul Coons reminding you that if someone contacts you that you don't know with an offer that sounds too good to be true, it is. Please shop with our local trusted area businesses and craftsmen who work hard to maintain their reputation. If you think that you've been the target of a potential scam, call your local police to report it. You may prevent someone else from being taken advantage of. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Totopolis State Bank. And Totopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. At the Home Depot, Saturdays are about two things. Getting ready for company with the Samsung Family Hub Plus refrigerator. And football. That's right, Kirk Herbstreet. Search for recipes, check out scores, or even stream the game to the screen at the same time so you never miss a second of the action, which means you can make your famous buffalo chicken dip and have more time for football. For football. Upgrade your Saturday with Samsung and the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Meet Bruce. Hey there. He's a busy soccer dad who's trying hard to learn the game. Go for the end zone! Whoops. Luckily, other things come easy, like banking with Chase. On a tip from his banker, he set up Autosave in the Chase mobile app. So what are you saving for, Bruce? Father-daughter soccer camp. Smart bankers, convenient tools, one bank with the power of both. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Autosave requires a Chase checking and savings account. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. And now. But mm -hmm. that is when ESPN News should be utilized. Yeah. Not cornhole. The starting lineup. It's pretty bags. It's pretty awesome. Sorry, bags. Yeah, which is it? Is it bags or cornhole? Playing. I think, yeah, I, I always go bags. I always say that. On 98.9 The Game. Eric Fry, Sports Center update. The Blues will try to get a winning streak going when they visit the Winnipeg Jets at Canada Life Center tonight. St. Louis tied for fifth place in the Central Division with five points and a 2-1-1 one one record. The Blackhawks aim to avoid their third loss in a row when they host the Boston Bruins at the United Center tonight. Chicago's last place in the Central Division with four points and a 2-4-0 record. Tonight's game begins at 7.30 p.m. We'll have more hockey coming up in the pod. The Bears will spend the week getting ready for their Sunday night football game against the Chargers. Bear will try to keep the momentum going to bring the Raiders 30-12 in Week 7. Chicago remains last place in the NFC North at 2-5. Sunday's game kicks off at 7.30. Patrick Williams will be a restricted free agent at the end of the 23-24 season as the Bulls and Williams weren't able to agree on a contract extension before yesterday's deadline. 22-year-old is entering his fourth season with Chicago. He averaged 10.2 points and four rebounds in 82 games last season. Williams and the Bulls open up the regular season with a game against the Thunder tomorrow. 
And despite losing three out of four games the Colts have played at home this season, Lucas Oil Stadium has been a refugee for some. As according to the Capital Improvement Board, the public entity that oversees Lucas Oil Stadium, a baby was born at the venue during Sunday's game against the Browns. The baby girl is related to Browns wide receiver David Bell, who is an Indianapolis native and a former Purdue Boilermaker. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here in 98.9. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry over there with those sports center hits. Uh, yeah, Bell's uh, mother <laughs> said the baby wasn't due for another four days, but the baby's mother went into labor as she was arriving at Lucas Oil Stadium, so the baby was born there. Now, since it's a baby girl, wow. you got to name it Indy, right? I mean, come on. I mean, you almost have to. I mean, it's better than like, if, if it was a boy, you know what you would name it, right? What? Lucas. I mean, I Lucas so. Oil Stadium, you're going to name it Lucas. Yeah. Because you could do true. Lukey. But that sounds like something you... That kind of sounds like... Yeah. kind of sounds like a... Oh, you're uh, hawking up a Lukey. Superhero. <laughs> oh, yeah, so that's probably, true. Oh, that's Loki. Yeah. Same difference. Yeah. Same difference to yeah. me. Not into all that. But yeah, did you like that tease of more hockey coming up in the pod, Travis? Yeah. I did. We got a big night of hockey. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what we're going to get to. Yeah, For sure. Yeah. So we'll get to that at some point in the uh, podcast. And uh, all right, come on in. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get around the circle, gather the chairs, and here we go. The uh, college football from Saturday, including I can't believe that as the game post game just concluded, and then we went right on the air right after that with our playoff show on Saturday. I can't believe I went on the air after this performance. The Atlanta blew it on Saturday. No way else around it. They had this one in the bag. They had it in hand, and they lost it 21-7. to They had the lead, but ultimately Wisconsin scores 18 points in the fourth quarter, and they come back and win and ruin homecoming for the Illini. 25-21, and a lot of people are saying it, and, I mean, this is right back, too, after the Maryland. Uh, well, we didn't lose to Maryland. Uh, what game did we lose to that I gave up on this season? Was that Purdue? I mean, Purdue. You've given I, up a couple times. I, I mean, I'm not quite there exactly, but I am starting to lose all hope. Nebraska? For any sort of – oh, the Nebraska, that one. That one broke me mm-hmm. for sure. And I think I'm back to on the train that we we ruined all both chances after this game. I thought we still had an outside shot, but after this, nah. Uh, I, yeah, that's that. That's not gonna happen. Three and five on the season now. One and four in the Big Ten, uh, especially after a loss like this on Saturday when you played so well, you mm-hmm. had it, but uh, you lost it. I thought Altmeyer played good. It was one of his better games. No turnovers. 100 yards through the air. Two touchdowns. 100 yards on the ground. Right. Yeah. He kept. A lot of drives he alive did. with he his did. legs. Fagan did Fagan things. You know, yeah, he almost had 100 yards. And the Illini as a team rushed for 223 yes. yards, mostly yes. because of Altmaier and Fagan. But this wasn't yeah. because of the offense, Travis. No. Hmm. This is on the defense, and I I said this to you Saturday after the game. I'll say it again, Travis. Coach Bielema got out coached on that final play. Yeah, the uh, 
tight end or offensive lineman or whatever, yeah. or defensive lineman, whatever was in there. Wisconsin was just wide open, and it was – I got to give Wisconsin credit. It was yes. a beautifully drawn-up play, and the Atlanta had no idea what to do, had no idea it was coming or whatever, and it was wide open. Couldn't get any more wide open in the end zone. Now, I'm going to – I'm going to – I know I can't do this, but I'm going to do this to you. And I'm going to give you the what-if scenario, Travis. Okay. If our defensive coordinator doesn't leave last year, do we defend that? Does he recognize it and make the adjustments needed to put a guy on that lineman? Because there was no one near him. No. Yeah. Couldn't get any more wide open. Uh, I mean, I think he does. Yeah. Just sitting, being an armchair quarterback, I think, yeah, we probably defend that play and. I, I don't think we would be as bad as we have been all no. season long with our with our defense Travis, despite everything that we lost. I we said a couple of weeks ago that the offense needs an identity. I think we found it. It is the rushing game. It's a rushing game. It's just put the ball in the hands of Fagan. Yeah. Twenty four carries. Yeah. On Saturday. It is short passes. Because mm-hmm. Altmaier, like I said, he had 100 yards. He only averaged five per attempt. Oh, right. So exactly, it's not it like we were bombing it everywhere. No, like it. Right. It was anything eye popping? No. Anything. Isaiah Williams had a pretty quiet night. All told, yeah. all told, only 14 or four receptions, but only 16 yards. Yeah. Ugh. So again, that's four yards a catch. Yeah. Illinois offensive identity is run the football, short passes. Mm-hmm. That is your offensive identity. We figured it out. It took us half a season, but we got it. We figured it out. Newsflash. Same identity it was last year. The exact same thing. Yeah. Why has it taken us half a year to figure out what we do well? Right. Exactly. When we already knew from last year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now the defense lets you down. Right. Yeah, the defense uh, lets you down, and obviously, uh, if you want to bring up the the defense, and I kind of said it in uh, jest on uh, Saturday, and, and now that I've become a couple of days afterwards and a couple of days of clarity and whatnot, obviously you can't uh, talk about the second half without talking about uh, Johnny Newton uh, being uh, disqualified from the game after that uh, targeting penalty and uh, whatnot, and just to put everything in black and white for you, before Johnny Newton's ejection, uh, Wisconsin had 233 yards and 10 points, or the defense had 233 yards and 10 points allowed in nine drives. After Newton's ejection, both drives went 140 yards and 15 points were allowed there, and Coach Bielema said in the postgame presser that it was the turning point in the game after he got tossed there for that. Questionable targeting call is all I'll say. I will agree with you in some aspects that, you know, obviously we could have won it even after he was ejected, even though it was a game changer. And he wasn't, that wasn't the play and that wasn't the reason why we lost. There's a multiple of reasons why we lost. And Atlanta fans might have a tough time to come to grips with that. But uh, it, it was a big point of the game and it was a big turning point in the game i i'm not gonna say it's not a turning point i i will agree with you there it was a momentum shift a hundred percent your best player gets taken out of the game mm-hmm. agree 
100%. But Travis, a lot of teams have their best players taken out for a variety of reasons. Injury or a call. Mm -hmm. You, as a defense and as a team, let it affect you. Right. You need to not let it be a thing. You need to step up and not have it be the reason. Instead, it was... Here we go. Of course, of course, he's going to be a job. Of course, he is. Of We're course. Illinois. Of course, he is. Of course, it's and, us against the world. Right. The world is against you us. You have to go, and the team and the coaches specifically need to get the team together and say, "We're not going to let this affect us." Is it a big deal? Yes, but we're going to rise above it. Right. You have to do that. You can't at the end of the game go, "That was a turning point. That's the reason." Mm-hmm. No. Was it a turning point? Yes. Was it a big deal? Yes. Was the call questionable? Sure. Mm-hmm. But there's questionable calls in every game. Yeah. And I, I know college pros is different. But I look at the Bears from Sunday, Travis. Their best player was not on the field, and they still went out and won the football game. Right. They easily could have just said, ah, oh, Justin Fields, he's not here. Whatever. It doesn't matter what we do. Mm-hmm. We saw... You know, you see great players not be there, and teams still sure, find ways to win. A, in the Bears situation, that was a quarterback and a defensive tackle. But Correct. But, again, there have been defensive tackles that have missed games due to injuries. At the college level, too. I'm not just saying at the pro level. Injuries happen every week mm-hmm. in the middle of games. Yeah. You have to perform. Mm-hmm. And you have to let it not be an issue. Right. And that's where the Illini failed. I give mm-hmm. them an F minus on that. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought up about not letting uh, stuff affect you. And one thing that did uh, affect the Illini that they didn't need to have them be affected. Uh, and, you know, that cost Bielema a timeout early in the second half. I, I told you that we mismanaged our timeout uh, situations. At one point in the second half, we burned a timeout to address an issue of the uh, Wisconsin defense mimicking our uh, snap count and clapping when Altmeyer was ready to snap the football, and that caused a false start mm-hmm. on the Illini, and Bielema just basically used a timeout thinking that it was just a throwaway thing. Well, that was a big factor mm-hmm. late in the game on one of the, on Wisconsin's final drive and whatnot, and he burned that timeout just to kind of complain and uh, mm-hmm. bring it up to the officials, and mm-hmm. that's another small thing. Yes, it's a kind of a big deal of clapping when you're yeah. to affect the, the offensive lineman, but that's another thing that you just can't let affect you like no. that, and you can't burn a timeout to do that. And again, Travis, as a coach, you need to recognize that. Mm-hmm. And again, you need to tell your players, be disciplined. Yeah. Again, this this is seeming like an undisciplined Illini team. Right. And again, it's a, it's maddening. It's been it's been that way for the past two seasons. Yes. And nothing's changing. And here's here's the thing, Travis. I know you joked about the bye week mm-hmm. and how the Illini may lose to the, the bye week. Travis, I think the worst thing for Illinois is the fact that this week is a bye week. Because now you have two weeks to think about this game. It's true. Now you have two weeks. The best thing we hear when an athlete has a bad game is, well, there's one right around the corner. I can't think about what happened. I made a mistake. Can't think about it. Got to get ready for the next one. No. Now you have a week to just sit and think. 
mm-hmm. and th- yeah, wonder and ponder and fluster about it and let it consume you. Right. Yeah. And that's bad. It is. Yep, now, so you can use it and turn it into motivation, or you can let it consume you. Right. Yeah. And we'll see how the Illini respond. But, now Saturday, uh, again, this Illinois team is trash, and this was not what was advertised and not what was expected. And, again, last year, Travis, I will say it, I have said it, last year was a blip. It was not the future. And unfortunately, that looks more and more of a it's, reality. It's the I.O. Kofi year for the basketball team. But I will say that some Illini stats and info, uh, the attendance for Memorial Stadium on Saturday was 54,205, the largest crowd yeah. of the season for homecoming. And it was the most since that Michigan State game last year. And we'll see how many show up for the next home game. Yeah. Because if you were in the stands, Travis, and you saw that collapse in the fourth quarter, you going back, you paying for the tickets, you paying concession, you paying for a beer or whatever, Uh huh. probably not. It's going to be uh, November 11th against Indiana. So it'll be a cold one against a bad team, which means yeah. may- maybe a win, but I don't know anything with this Illinois team. You never know. You never know. Next game will be on next Saturday against Minnesota. So... Uh, that's what happened to the Illini uh, yesterday, and uh, we'll close it out talking about some of the other stuff that happened in uh, college football to close out the star lineup. From the 98.9 The Game Studios, the starting lineup. We'll be right back. You can't see the future, but you can prepare for it. With the universal life policy from Pekin Life Insurance Company, you'll have guaranteed death benefit protection with the potential to build significant cash value for later years. Request a free quote for Universal Life Insurance at PekinInsurance.com and in Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. This is Lucas Kroening with a message from the Effingham Fire Department. As a firefighter, I've witnessed the devastating consequences of vehicle accidents. Let's stay focused. Distracted driving kills. Keep your eyes on the road and off your phone. Buckle up. Seatbelts save lives. It's a simple action that can prevent serious injuries. Also, let's protect our little ones. Use proper car seats for children to ensure their safety. And always check the back seat. Don't forget about loved ones or pets before leaving the car. Let's prioritize car safety. Together, we can save lives. And now... Travis Sparks with the Aurora Sports Center update, and I'm kind of doing this on the fly because Eric's script is not pulling up, but Eastern Illinois shortstop Trey Sweeney was named the Ohio Valley Conference Baseball Player of the Year. The starting lineup. Holy cow, what a terrible sports hurry that was. I don't blame you. I blame me. On 98.9 The Game. Party people in a place to be. Now put your hands in the air with me. Now come on, now come on. Now come on, now come on. Welcome back in. Uh, Start a lineup here on 98.9. Only here on 98.9, we're just a, a smidge a bit longer. 
talk about some of the rest of the college football world uh, from uh, Saturday. Showed up on my top three yesterday, but uh, Michigan a two a zero amid that a sign stealing scandal that's going on there for that Wolverines uh, program, and you really hate to see Michigan having involvement in that. I say with heavy sarcasm, and again, Michigan State put up a zero on the scoreboard, and who knew that wasn't the worst thing that Michigan State would put up on the scoreboard on Saturday. Also, uh, the uh, other team there in that classic rivalry, Ohio State, 20-12 to win over Penn State. Was not impressed with Penn State when I saw them play the Illini. And if this Penn State defense had any semblance of an offense, they could have won this game. I think Penn State played that good defensively. But unfortunately, Ohio State won this one 20-12 as Marvin Harrison Jr., future Bear, question mark, now, some people in Chicago would love to see that. 11 grabs, 162 yards, and a tutty there. Florida State it keeps their playoff hopes alive as they defeated Duke 38-20. Number 5, Washington also keeps their playoff hopes alive as they had to really scratch and claw this one. I don't know what gives Arizona State uh, other teams problems, but Colorado barely beat them the other week. Maybe they not may not be any good, but Washington, number 5 in the country, they only won 15-7. Oklahoma won over UCF 31-29. Sooners escape. So did Texas over Houston 31-24. Oregon 38-24 over Washington State. North Carolina gets upended and upset. Virginia wins this one 31-27. Alabama, they came back and uh, what they scored uh, however many points in the second half. 24 points in the second half to win 34-20. Old Miss over Auburn 28-21. Speaking of playoff hopes, dashed. USC, playoff hopes gone. Caleb Williams can't even beat Utah. He's never beat him in his entire collegiate career. And uh, Utah won there in the Coliseum on Saturday, 34-32 was the final score there. LSU uh, shuts out Army, 62-0. Mizzou over South Carolina, 34-12. Air Force over Navy, 17-6. Tulane, 35-28. UCLA blew out Stanford, 42-7. And Minnesota gets the win in Iowa City, 12-10. to 10. Did something controversial happen in that game? Oh, Iowa. Well, I do actually kind of feel, even though I'm not big fans of Iowa, but I uh, do kind of feel bad. I mean, they did kind of get hosed on that uh, fair catch or non-fair catch and whatnot. I personally would have let that go, but uh, the referees deemed that it was a fair catch and it wiped out that touchdown. Uh, there on the return. So uh, that was the difference in the game. And so Iowa gets hosed, and the Gophers and P.J. Fleck get the win there. And that's who the Illini will be facing the next time they're in action in a couple weeks. All right, so uh, that will do it here for us on the uh, starting lineup. And we will be uh, continuing things in the uh, podcast as we got uh, Coach Jefferson from Arthur and uh, Coach Wilson uh, from uh, Villa Grove uh, coming up in the uh, podcast as well. Talk about their first-round matchups and congratulating the Knights on a uh, LPC conference championship uh, there. As well as we got more to discuss in the NHL world. There's a big night in the NHL. I remember talking about this a few weeks ago. 
but uh, we're going to be talking about it uh, coming up here very soon in the uh, podcast. Of course, you can find that podcast wherever you find your favorite pods, iTunes, Spotify, the website, fmradio.com as well, wherever you find your favorite pods. And uh, coming up next later on this evening in Game 7 of the NLCS right here on 98.9, the uh, game and also coming up here on ESPN Radio before that is a Carlin versus a Joe. So enjoy that, and we'll talk to you in the pod. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in. Welcome to overtime of the uh, start in the lineup. And we got a couple area coaches coming at you here in just a minute. We got Coach Jefferson uh, from ALA, Coach Wilson uh, from VG. We also uh, got some NHL to uh, talk about in a, a big night for hockey. And we also got the state sports history. We got uh, some NBA as well. We need to get to talk about the NBA because it tips off tonight. So... And uh, this day in sports history, I believe. Yes, yes. So we got, and maybe even some more college football. Oh, definitely college football. I got a rant I'm going on. Oh, boy. I always rant about IHSA. Today I'm ranting against NCAA. College football against yep. NCAA yep. is where Eric is sending his arrows today. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Is there anything on sports center that you want to Yeah, the Eagles traded for the Titans, Kevin uh, Byard. Uh, there you go, in exchange for uh, Terrell Edmonds and two draft picks, the fifth and sixth selection in next year's draft to the Titans. So there you go. There you go. Nice. Um, NFL's investigating the Falcons for injury report compliance. ESPN is reporting that the NFL oh, is questioning whether Atlanta, when the team found out rookie running back John uh, Robinson wasn't physically well and why it wasn't reported per league policy, Previous violations of the rule have been met with fines, so be on the lookout for that. As Travis said, the NBA season kicks off tonight. We'll talk more about that. Uh, Giannis has extended, uh, signed an extension with the Bucks as they have locked him down. He's agreed to a three-year, $186 million contract extension on Monday to stay in Milwaukee. Also yeah, includes a player kind of, option. Kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. I think that, that he did that just kind of out of nowhere. Yep. But, hey, locked him up for three more years and a massive extension there for just three more years. Yep. And uh, if you are in Philadelphia, Travis, you may see James Harden's face on a milk carton. He is still missing. <laughs> so. Well, you better find him if the NBA season starts well. tonight. I know the 76ers aren't in action, but nope. you got to – Better find him. It is unclear if he's going to be able to play in the regular season opener against the Bucks on Thursday. So yeah. I got a couple, couple more years, I guess. A couple to... days. Yep. And the Guardians are narrowing their search for a new manager. As ESPN reports that uh, Stephen Vogt has emerged as a serious contender for the job. I saw that. So there you go. That's Sports Center. In all its glory. In all of its wonderful glory. Yep. There. All right, so uh, let's move on here, and uh, let's move on to let's just go ahead and okay, let's continue the conversation with uh, some college football. And uh, told you what happened last week mm-hmm. uh, there. What do you got for 
Okay. The NCAA. Now, Travis, you know more sometimes about things than I do. Okay. And I'll I agree with that. that. When a player transfers from one university to another, uh huh. Do they need to sit out a year? Uh, not anymore. No. Not anymore. If there's the big thing in North Carolina with that wide receiver who is sitting, who was just made eligible to play recently. Mm-hmm. But even if he wasn't eligible to play, would he be eligible to play next year? Uh, yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, not not because of transfer reasons. It's not like you transferred, so you have to sit out for two years. I mean, that's how things used to be, but they're not, it's anymore. not anymore. Not for a while, right? Yeah, it's been at least a couple seasons, I think. So why does someone like James Madison, who is going from FCS to FBS, be ineligible for bowl play for two years, and they are currently sitting 7-0. and They will not be in their conference championship game, and they will not be in a bowl game unless there is not enough 500 teams. Right. That is something that needs to be fixed. Yeah. They're I sitting mean, here 7-0, and and even if they run the table, right. the Sun Belt will not put them in the conference championship because they're ineligible for a New Year's Six Bowl, so... There's no point in putting them in that college champion, you know, the conference championship game, mm-hmm. unless they are in the college football rankings, the the playoff rankings above someone else. But because they're ineligible, they can't be ranked. Right. So this needs to be fixed immediately. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of a lot of if sense. If you want to but... do one year. One year for a school to go from FCS to FBS, and they're ineligible for one year just to make sure I's are dotted, T's are crossed, all that sort of stuff. All right, I'll let you go. But this is year two. Mm-hmm. They were eight and two, I think, last year. They're seven and zero oh this year. Right. I think I kind of remember them being good last year. Why can't? Or why can't they do it on a school by school basis? And if the school says, hey, we think we are prepared enough at the beginning of the season, we think we're prepared enough to be in the FBS conversation. Yeah. Then why can't the NCAA say, okay. I I just don't get what the logical reasoning behind the two-year wait period is. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't really quite understand it either, but I think it's just, you know, trying to get that transition from uh, moving up a little bit to try to make it easier on the team. And rather than just go by a school by school basis, they uh, have a universal thing. So I think that makes it easier on the NCAA, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they've defeated, by the way, five FBS opponents this season. Most mm-hmm. by a team in their second year of transition, won nine straight games dating back to the last season, the sixth longest active winning streak in the FBS. But unless there are enough six and six teams or better to fill the 82 spots, the Dukes will probably be sitting at home this postseason. As under NCAA rules, teams making the transition from FCS to FBS are ineligible for postseason for the first two years. The NCAA denied the school's appeal to complete the two-year transition in only one year back in April. James Madison was the first school to appeal that two-year period. Uh, quote, it was a very difficult decision 
to have to take. And even though we didn't know, we did know ahead of time that we had two years in front of us, said the AD there at James Madison. The reason I say that is that things change, right? Circumstances change. Environments change. I think there are waivers that are out there and put in place for a reason. And they're put in place for teams just like where JMU was this year. I can't think of another institution that's been able to do what we've been able to do or was really as prepared as we were to move into this transition. So I do consider us very much an ex- expedition uh, exception in that light. Mm-hmm. So well, I mean, it sounds like they tried to yeah. bypass the two-year exemption. Now, the James Madison coach is ho- holding out hope that, quote, common sense prevails and an NCAA committee or the Sun Belt Conference eventually changes its mind about not allowing the Dukes to compete in the postseason. Um <sighs> I, I again I just think that this they they the odds of NCA reversing the denial of the Duke's bowl waiver request are probably longer than Iowa's offense scoring thirty points in a game. That's good. <laughs> USC's defense making back to back stops or Texas A and M winning a road game. I Ooh. creative writing here, right? Um yeah, taking shots. So <laughs> But yeah, they already beat last year's conference USA champs sixteen to fourteen this year already they want to play for a conference champs and again it's not so much travis that um you know and they're playing thursday by the way um if you want to watch them james Just, madison yeah i believe they are um but my my thing is travis like think of the seniors that are on yeah. this team and again you know we keep saying you know college football is built for the powerhouse institutions and the transfer rules do nothing but help that. Mm -hmm. But this also doesn't help because if I'm a junior or a senior and like entering this season, Mm -hmm. if I was a junior entering this season, I'm transferring out because I want to play in a bowl game or I want to play in a conference championship game. And I can't do that here. So they're losing possibly good players on a good program just sure. because they can't play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The NCAA, I they, guess, didn't think that this would ever be a possibility. They defeated Virginia, Travis. They won at Utah State. Like, they lead the FBS in run defense. They're only allowing 42.8 yards per game. Mm-hmm. Seems like they're pretty good. And tied for third in sacks. Mm-hmm. Seems like they're pretty good. I just don't get why why this has to happen. Like again, right? I, I I don't understand. Can't you just I, again? I I don't know. <laughs> it it just it frustrates me because I feel like they should be getting an opportunity. Right. It definitely does stink for them and the players. For sure, they're they're having this wide success. But yeah, they can't. It's out of their control of the, some stupid rules that they can't Virginia, participate. The Virginia Attorney General, who's a JMU alumnus, uh, sent a letter to the NCAA president last month. Did not help. Yeah. As the uh, Charlie Baker, the NCAA president, responded uh, to the Attorney General in a letter congratulating him on JMU's 6-0 start and writing that Division I Transformation Committee ordered a review of the FBS membership requirements over the past several months, with which led to, quote, 
adoption of significantly increased financial aid requirements and an increased fee to reclassify from FCS to FBS. The increased fees will not apply to JMU, by the way. Of course. The continued on, did the NCAA president saying the Division One Board of Directors and Council believe clear standards and timelines for reclassification process will promote strategic membership growth and allow for uniform experience for all reclassifying institutions. The board and council agree that if changes to the FCS to FBS reclassification process are warranted, these should be handled through legislation that applies to all schools reclassifying from FCS to FBS. And that's where I think it's wrong. You can't just do a blanket one take thing on something like this. Right. Yeah. It needs to be a case by case basis. Mm hmm. Sure. You treat the SEC differently than you do the Pac 12. <laughs> you treat the SEC differently than the Big Ten. You treat in basketball the Big Ten different than you do the ACC. Mm hmm. Why is this have to be uniformal? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Because it's the NCAA. Exactly. And, Travis, I know UCF, mm -hmm. a couple years ago, they went undefeated, said they were the national champs. These guys, I think, would have just as much of a right to call themselves national champs if they go undefeated. Ooh. Have to compare resumes, but I mean schedules for that. They're playing weaker opponents because they're playing in the Sun Belt, which is a weaker conference. Mm -hmm. But my point being is that if UCF can claim their national champ because they were undefeated, at least they had a chance to be in a bowl game. Yeah, they don't even have. They're, they're not even getting James a chance to play in the bowl game. The opportunity, sure. They need forty-one teams to be have seven losses. Mm -hmm. So Travis. I'm going to say it now. If you're an Illinois fan, become a James Madison fan and root for Illinois to get seven <laughs> losses so James Madison can maybe make a bowl. Well, we're doing our part. I know you are. <laughs> we're trying. <laughs> we're trying to help them out. So teams that stink get to seven losses so James Madison can get in some sort of bowl here because they deserve it. Well, only a couple more losses for us. They are allowed to be ranked, by the way, and like the coaches poll, and they are ranked. They are a top 25 team. Hmm. They're 25th right now. Yeah, the coaches that. and the AP poll. Look at that. They're which, there. by the way, is higher than Florida, Miami, Kansas State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Kentucky. They're, so, just, they're just right below in the AP of USC. Yep. Which has a Heisman Trophy candidate right on it. Sure. So, again, I think they should be eligible to play in a bowl game. <laughs> Let them play. Let them play. Yeah, make it happen. Yeah, they're playing on the uh, 28th. So, that they, they beat Marshall at last Thursday. They're playing this Saturday. 7 o'clock against Old Dominion. 7 o'clock, Old Dominion. Yep, they still have Georgia State and UConn on their schedule as well. Mm. Old Dominion, 4-3. and three. Could be a decent game. Check that out. Could be. We'll have to check it out later. James Madison averaging uh, rushing yards allowed 36. 36 rushing yards a game. That's pretty good. That's a lot better than the Illini. Illini should get some players from James Madison on their team. Pretty good. All right. That's that's enough of my rant about the NCAA. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get to our two uh, coaches here. Let's hear from uh, Coach Jefferson uh, from Allah. 
and I talk about their conference championship win and their first round playoff matchup as well as the same team in the Villa, same team in the LPC, uh, same conference at least. Uh, VG Villa Grove coach Wilson uh, coming at you here as well, talking about his first round matchup uh, there. So let's get to uh, those two, two gentlemen right now. Travis Sparks here joining us on the starting lineup is uh, Coach Jefferson of the Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond and Knights, and I should say the undefeated 9 0 and a conference champion uh, Knights as well. So things have to be going pretty well there for you, Coach, after that win on Friday. And uh, you got to be feeling pretty good, and the team's got to be feeling pretty good here to start this week. Absolutely. It was a good win Friday night. It's been a fun weekend. Um, and just a lot of excitement here in the community. And uh, things are going well there in Arthur, and congratulations on the conference championship and uh, finishing off that undefeated regular season. First time uh, both of those things have happened is since 2004, and he got there with a 42-13 to final. And uh, the time of possession seemed like it was really one of the big keys in the factor of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, first of all. Sure. Uh, Second of all, yeah, I mean, going back on the film, I didn't realize it, you know, in real time, but when we went back, uh, they only had two varsity offensive possessions that second half. I didn't realize that. You know, we didn't put up many points in the second half. I think we only put up two touchdowns, but mm-hmm. we took long drives, methodical drives, um, and capitalized, you know, finishing with scores. So that was, yeah, that was huge. And uh, the game kind of started off uh, close, just what everyone kind of expected. Uh, there there was a lot of action uh, there early on with a couple of scorers, you both answering each other back and forth there. And then uh, at one point, a uh, recovered fumble in their territory, but they ultimately uh, didn't end up points for you guys. And then you also traded some pu- uh, fumbles as well for both teams there. So a lot of action happening in the early going. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, they got the ball to start, and uh, they did exactly what we kind of anticipated they would do. You know, what they've been doing all season is they, they're fast starters. So they went down, I think they scored in about six or seven plays, long passing touchdown. Uh, but our kids, you know, while they were coming off the field, they, they didn't have their heads down. They were ready to go and, you know, attack when we got the ball, and that's what we did. And so it was kind of back and forth, like you said, but uh, our kids decided that they were finally going to, you know, it's not necessarily that we had a slow start. Um, mm-hmm. We finally actually uh, stayed in the in the game in the first half, had a, had a full four quarters, and that's what we need every time. And also it was a big second quarter as well, 22 points on the board in that quarter, and it started there with Parsons to uh, Nettles there to make it 12-6 to six at that point, and then uh, Sullivan uh, scored and uh, had the lead by a single point. Uh, but then it was kind of similar to what it was last week of, uh, against Arcola that uh, Sullivan had the lead, but it wasn't for very long, uh, immediately answered with a 20 20 to 13 score there and then another one right before the half and a two-point conversion as well to put you guys up 28 to 13 so that was a huge entering the half but also uh kind of scoring immediately and taking away some of the momentum absolutely that was big especially you know I, they punted to us right at the end of the half um i think we only had one timeout, so i was really stressing hey get out of bounds if you can we popped a big run and got out of bounds and that helped us kind of gather you know the next play we didn't have to just get on the ball mm-hmm. and uh I saw something that they weren't covering, so we went to it. And uh, Jace, you know, he didn't have a eye-popping stats in the passing game. I think he had about 60 yards, but he had two touchdowns. Those were huge. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just been 
really important for our offense this year. And he has, and then uh, he added a couple more scores to make it that 42 to a 13 uh, final score uh, there. So like you mentioned, he actually played four complete quarters uh, there. So that was nice to see. And uh, you guys are playing some uh, pretty good ball, especially uh, for the entire season, but really kind of particularly down the stretch. And uh, that just continued on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was really good to see our, uh, our offensive line bounce back from last week. You know, it's not all on the offensive line, but um, last week, the just the holes weren't there. We weren't, you know, doing our correct blocking scenes at times. It just seemed like there was a lot of confusion out there. Um, and not to take anything away from Arcola, they were a good team, but I just felt like we really couldn't move the ball on them, and we should have been able to. So um, to come back and have 388 yards on the ground this week, 450 total, that was good to see from the offensive line. And then defensively, I feel like we played one of our better games too and just put a lot of pressure on on their quarterback who's a really good football player but you know we didn't give him much time back there and that was that was key mm-hmm. and uh, then you guys uh, completed a couple of your goals uh, i don't know if it was a undefeated regular season uh goal per se but you finished that off and then you also crossed off the uh, conference championship uh goal as well so uh that was uh, nice to finish the season strong with a uh, conference championship as well first time in a long time as well for uh, the guys in the community absolutely so now you know because all year we were saying okay five and oh six and oh seven oh all goes back to 2004 Mm-hmm. You know, the next time we start off like this, it, it won't be, you know, too too far back that we're counting back to the 2023 season. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Big accomplishment by these guys, especially after, you know, losing Caden and just people having probably a lot of doubt. Mm-hmm. And you put those uh, to rest, I think, on uh, Friday night if they hadn't uh, already. But then uh, that win on Friday uh, clinched the number one seed in the South in uh, 2A. And uh, you're going to be hosting the game and you're going to be hosting the 16th seed at uh, Quincy Notre Dame. And that's actually an interesting uh, matchup uh, because uh, Quincy was one of the four and five teams that got in due to uh, some of the results on Friday and Saturday of the five and four teams. Not enough to fill out the rest of the bracket there. So an interesting little matchup in round number one for you guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously they're not your typical 16 seed, you know, four and five. The record definitely doesn't fool us. Um, we know we're not overlooking them by any means. They they play a tough schedule because Quincy's kind of in the middle of nowhere. You know, there's not really anything other than mm-hmm. a lot of small rural towns like, like ours, and those teams don't generally want to play them. So they're forced to kind of go play bigger schools or they they even went to Missouri for about four or five games and yeah, played some that. really tough competition um so I think they lost one game by one and another game by one score so I mean those were close games they could have easily been six three mm-hmm. um, but they're really on a hot streak I think they won the last three games of the season so you know they've got momentum they're, they're used to playing higher up level of competition so um, we know what they're bringing in they're kind of a balanced team honestly they're a lot like Sullivan so it was good to play Sullivan last week and kind of be you know in the same mindset as far as what they're going to be running but yeah we're looking forward to ha- having them come over here and uh, again you know not your typical one versus 16 so we know that it's right. going to be a tough battle yeah and uh, hopefully it'll be uh, fun there on uh, Saturday at uh, one o'clock there in Arthur as well it's also got to be cool that you're going to be uh, hosting the game and uh, even more uh, like you mentioned in the previous interviews of you got the home playoff game last year uh, but now you're actually going to be hosting the game and the community I'm sure is uh, overwhelmingly excited and uh, it's going to be a good time there in uh, in Arthur on Saturday. Absolutely. There's no, you know, the community won't be on pins and needles for the first round wondering if we're going to get that playoff game. We know that yep. we have it. That home field advantage, I think, is, is key, especially for Quincy Notre Dame. You know, they're going to have to get up at 
6, 7 in the morning, three-hour bus ride over here, um, I feel like that could definitely play a factor. And uh, we'll see how it all shakes out there on a Saturday. Well, Coach, we'll uh, let you go here and start prepping for the uh, playoff matchup. And uh, good luck on a Saturday, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Thank you. Travis Sparks here with the Villa Grove head coach uh, Heath Wilson and uh, playing another week here, coach, and practicing and preparing for another week of football. So that's always a good thing. So how are you doing today, coach? Doing good. It's uh, like yeah, you, you nailed it. It's, it's always an extra uh, good week when you're playing in week ten and you're preparing for another game. And uh, there's nothing to even complain about. I don't care who you're playing. You're getting another year. You get another game in for your season. So it's uh, it's a great time to be a Blue Devil right now. Absolutely it is, and you guys are playing pretty strong, and you put together 60 points on the scoreboard this past week, and it was the highest out- offensive output of the season so far. 60-20 to 20 was the final over Tri-County. Got your sixth win, and, you know, you didn't really need it because of 5-4, and four, you know. It would have gotten you in regardless, but uh, you still got it with uh, the sixth win and whatnot. So uh, you really lit up the scoreboard there with putting up 60 on Friday. Yeah, you know, we uh, we started off slow. I mean, we were they scored first, and we were very, very, very flat uh, pretty much the whole first half. Uh, we came out in the third quarter, especially that third quarter where we dreaded all year, and uh, that third quarter we really woke up and, and uh, started putting points on the board. So started off a little, started off a little flat, but uh, we came on strong. Uh, I think we were up 20 to 16, 20 to 14 at halftime, and, and uh, that third quarter we really uh, – woke up and, and put some points on the board. All right, I was just going to mention that, that, you know, you started off a little slow there with uh, you would be, ah, oh, man, you know, 60 points. That must have been a uh, quick 60 points, but uh, no, you took a while uh, for you to get there. So slow start, uh, like you were saying there. Yeah, yeah, we were very, we didn't have a, we didn't have a great week of practice, it felt like, and it, it showed, like we told the boys in film, like, you know, we, you know, they took it to us. They, they came out and they were, they were uh, firing all cylinders, and uh, we deserved what we got for how we practiced last week in that first half. But uh, something clicked at halftime. I don't know if it was the, or the halftime speech, or, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know something clicked there at halftime, and uh, luckily that uh, we came out and got the W. Yeah, it could have been those uh, wise words from uh, the coach at halftime because, like you mentioned, you've struggled all year long the third quarter, but uh, this was no problem. 32 points in uh, this quarter alone on Friday. So an uh, outstanding third quarter there. Something like you, some, something must have clicked. Yeah, let's just say that, uh, uh, you know, they – they uh, really listened to what we had to say. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all pretty much you have to say there. But, uh, you know, before you got those 32 points in the third quarter, it was kind of big that you kind of took control of the game right before half and got uh, on the board uh, again to get the lead at half and get more of a cushion uh, there with the important touchdown with a run to uh, Noah Wilcoxon uh, there. And that kind of sprung barred you into the locker room and sprung barred you into that uh, third quarter. Yeah, uh, you know, they – we were we ran we have been running the ball real well the last three four weeks and and uh, you know Gunnar Klein has been a he's been a little missile coming off there you know he had a hundred another hundred and forty yards rushing pretty much mm-hmm. and um, you know he's hitting the hole he's not very big but he he his kid is has a motor in him so uh, you know Lane Lane's a very good runner you know he reads it real well and knows when to pull it and uh, so you know we got a pretty good system right going right now with those uh, three headed. Uh, I would say a three-headed monster with Lane and Gunner and Hunter Butts. So, 
um, you know, we clicked. Like I said, our goal was to try to get our some of our JV guys in there in that fourth quarter just because they, they're not going to be able to play in the JV game tonight. So their season was pretty much done. So mm-hmm. it was important to get them in there if we could. But like I said, Tri-County played hard and, and uh, gave us fits, especially that first half. And, uh, you know, they're going to be a good ball team in the future for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you even got a kickoff return there in the fourth quarter as well on a two-point conversion to get you to the 60-point mark. Yeah, yeah it was uh, – yeah, two point conversion. I don't. I wish. I don't know why we pulled it down, and 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 he said it was a bad snap. But uh, you know, sometimes kids just kind of um, see what the score is and like, hey, let's try to get two more. You know, so I, I was kind of. I apologize to coach about it because that was definitely not a plan to do get a two point conversion there. Right. And uh, but you know, sometimes you know kids kind of do the darnest things, and that's why they're kids. Yeah, absolutely there. And uh, last year you won the last three games to get the 6-3 and in uh, this year's squad as uh, winners of five in a row coming into the postseason. And uh, you're clicking at the right time. And like we've been talking about the last several weeks of being on all cylinders uh, right now. So you're really starting to find your groove uh, here and has a lot of confidence going into the uh, playoffs. Yeah, I, like I said, you know, winning for the last five has been great. You know, obviously now everybody's zero and zero and zero, and and to be uh, state champs, you've got to win the next five. So, uh, you know, and drawing Leroy is a very good program, a rich tradition program. You know, so it's going to be a very tough matchup. Uh, but like I told the kids, is I don't care who you play uh, in the playoffs. You know, everybody's you know you're playing the top 32 teams in the state in one A. So. Uh, everybody's going to be good at this point. Right, exactly. And uh, you drew the 12 seed, and uh, you're uh, traveling there to uh, Leroy, and it's about a little over an hour north. So I guess it's good from that perspective of uh, not traveling to uh, Jacksonville or anything like that last year in the uh, postseason. And it's going to be on Saturday at 1 o'clock, and uh, the Panthers are 8-1 and one on the season. So uh, what are you prepping for for Leroy uh, this are, week? Yeah, they are a uh, – they are a – run Orienton team that kind of remind me of the offense I played when I was high, in high school you know it was double tight double wing uh you know it's backyard football it's like we're coming at you you know you gotta stop it so mm-hmm. uh you know fullback quarterback's a tough runner and uh you know they're just backyard back old school football it's like hey I'm gonna pound and ground it and see if you can stop it so so you know going to Leroy is a lot different than our last couple uh Outings at Jacksonville and, and then Camp Point and then Nashville. You know, That's we haven't right. had really close close teams and this is by far our closest, so can't really can't really use the long drive as an excuse. So we just gotta get there and, and, and play football. Sure, yeah. And uh, what's it gonna take for uh, VG to uh, come out on top on uh, Saturday against those uh, against Leroy? Yeah, I I think our offense and defensive line and our linebackers are gonna be the key. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if we can if we can figure out how to, uh, they're going to score. We're not we're not idiots. They're going to score. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're a good ball team. We just got to figure out uh, when we have a chance to stop them, we stop them, and uh, and hopefully our offense is still playing like that sixty point offense we had on Friday and put points on the board. Hopefully so. So, coach, we'll uh, let you go here and continue prepping for uh, the Panthers and best of luck here on uh, Saturday for Leroy. And we'll talk to you again next week. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate those two gentlemen for hopping on the program. And let's switch things up to some NHL action and some NHL action tonight. And there's going to be a lot of it 
as it's going to be an awesome night of hockey and it's going to be all 32 teams in action here on this Tuesday night and a stagger to start times for 16 mm-hmm. games here and ESPN is going to do uh, and uh, try out a new thing called the uh, Frozen Frenzy. You heard me talk about it a couple weeks ago or a while back. Uh, but the uh, Frozen of Frenzy is going to be uh, the coverage on ESPN. It's going to start on ESPN Plus, and it's going to continue uh, throughout the night until the uh, mm-hmm. very last game of the night at uh, 10 o'clock or 10:15. So action will start at about 5 Eastern, and then or 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock our time. Right. And uh, ESPN's got a triple header. And, uh, you know, you got the Caps, Maple Leafs, Ducks, Blue Jackets. And then uh, 11 games will be played starting at 15 minutes, staggered to start times. The last of the stretch is the Canucks versus the Predators tonight at 9.15 Eastern. So uh, ESPN going to do that uh, whip-around coverage Mm -hmm. uh, tonight called the Frozen Frenzy. It's the uh, second 16-game day in NHL history. April 8th of uh, 2023 or earlier this year, but in the last hockey season. Um, And there's one slated for January 13th of next year as well, where they're going to do this. Um, Travis, there have been seven days in NHL history with at least 100 goals scored. Will today be one of those days? Uh, I mean, all 32 teams in action. There's a possibility. There's a possibility. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen, but because of this, Travis, October 24th, today. Mm-hmm. It's a random day, but I have stats for you for the NHL for October 24th. Are you ready? Nice. There have okay. been 236 games played on October 24th in NHL history. The Rangers have played the most games at 29. Canadians have the most wins at 17, while the Islanders have the best point per seven percentage at .706. Conversely, the Maple Leafs have the most regular uh, regulation losses with 15 on October 24th. Most goals scored in the game on October 24th is 10 by the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Total goals scored in a game on October 24th is 14. That has happened twice. Um, 13 has also been done once before as well. Largest blown lead, four goals. Predators uh, versus the Canucks in 2000. It was tied 4-4. Um, so there you go. Largest comeback win was three goals done three times before on October 24th. Largest upset on October 24th was the Canucks beat the Golden Knights in 2018, won it in a shootout. They were plus 250 were the Canucks. Um, Mark Messier has played the most games on this date, Travis, 13 of them. He's tied with uh, Jerome Ginla, Wayne Gretzky, and Steve Yzerman for the most goals scored on this date at eight. And Gretzky, per usual, has the most career points in games played on October 24th. He has 20 points on this day. Um so there is that for you. Among active players, Jamie Benn's six goals are the most on October 24th, followed by Alex Ovechkin, uh, who has five as well. Um, let's see here. Uh, there have been three most goals scored in a game on October 24th. Three has happened uh, many times, so a lot of hat tricks have happened on October 24th. Um and then there's been 27 different goaltenders who have notched a shutout on October 24th, including Kevin Weeks, who did it on October 24th, 1999, against the Rangers for the Canucks. That was one of Mark Messier's 13 games played on this date, and he scored an empty netter with nine seconds to go. The most shutouts by any goalie on October 24th is two by Tony uh, Esposito and Dennis Heron, uh, Mika Krosoff, and Gils uh, 
Milwaukee have the most winning decision by goalies on October 24th, as both of them have five wins on October 24th. So there you go, Travis. Wow. More than you wanted to know about hockey on October 24th, but by yeah. golly, we came through for you. So much history on the Seems 24th. Seems like a random day, but nope. We, we found the history for you on October 24th for hockey. And I found some entertainment on the goals, total goals tonight. Yeah. On this uh, sports book that I'm on, the over-under goals is 103.5. Oh. Take the – I'll go under. Under. I'll go under. Okay. I think there's going to be a Both couple – the same value. I, I think there's going to be a couple, like, two to three games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one has just all sorts of – Specials, highest scoring team, lowest scoring team, uh, highest scoring game, low scoring game, um, like power plays, however many power play goals there'll be. Is a player going to score four plus goals? You would have to, the teams would have to average Travis seven goals in order to get over 104. So like it's combined seven goals. Right. Hmm. I just don't think that's going to happen. Right. That's a lot of goals. That's a lot of. You know, five, two, four, threes. I just that's high scoring. I don't, I don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm going under. The lowest scoring team, the favorite is the Blackhawks. Oh yeah, that's that's a hundred percent fact. <laughs> We're in the running for the number one pick next year. Uh, but you have the. Uh, new Wayne Gretzky incarnate, Karna Bedard. Well, yeah, we're going to get two of them, too, because the ping pong balls like us. Well, of course, conspiracy. Uh, the Maple Leafs, uh, Capitals, Bruins, Blackhawks, and Flyers Knights will be the triple header on ESPN's uh, normal coverage uh, there. But again, uh, whip around coverage, uh, Frozen Frenzy uh, tonight with Bucci, John Bucci-Gross, uh, there six and a half hours of unprecedented nonstop NHL coverage tonight on ESPN, ESPN Plus, ESPN Two, as well. So uh, it's kind of a different thing here on a press release that was originally described of the frozen frenzy of whip around coverage of uh, power plays, hits, uh, goals, or whatever uh, that they promoted it as, but. Uh, a little bit deceiving in that aspect, but still, uh, live look-ins every single game and uh, should be nonstop action uh, tonight there. It's actually a damn shame that the uh, baseball postseason didn't end last night mm-hmm. and we didn't have a break till the World Series because, I mean, Game Seven's on tonight. I'll have to be checking that out, yep. but of course I'll be looking in on the uh, Frozen Frenzy tonight, how successful uh, that it is. And the uh, Blues, they're matched up with the Jets there, and that game is in Winnipeg there tonight. No Connor McDavid, though, as he's out against the Wild uh, there. So it should be a wild night Mm -hmm. in the NHL world. All 32 teams, 16 matchups, one night. Whip around coverage. It's the Frozen Frenzy NHL on ESPN. Also, we got another thing to go up against. That's the opening night of NBA. He's got the opening night doubleheader tonight on TNT. Lakers and Nuggets will be tipping it off there at 6.30 
you got LeBron and another season and we had another healthy debate on first take between Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp, who's the GOAT, Jordan or LeBron? Are we tired of this argument yet? Yes. Well, they had it again. Of course, Sharp is a LeBron guy. Stephen A. Smith leans Jordan. Uh, there, poor Tim Legler was in the middle. Of course, he played against Jordan mm-hmm. back in the day. So what do you think he was going to say uh, there? But he, Legler was kind of right in the middle with me about it's only a two-player conversation uh, there. And that's the only thing that we can agree on uh, there of who's the greatest of all time. It's a two-player conversation. Right now, yes. If Mr. Curry gets a couple more rings, I think he enters a little bit of the chat. Yeah, possibly. Especially if he gets a couple. If he was to win two more rings, Travis, with two more finals MVPs, that would put him at six rings and three finals MVPs. I think he enters the chat. Right, yeah, he's definitely going to win more MVPs yep. on the final side. Yep. Uh, but uh, speaking of Steph Curry, him and the Warriors are opening up with the Suns tonight as well in the second game of the doubleheader there. And KD, Devin Booker, totally forgot that they acquired Bradley Beal. Yep. So, you got Aiton's the big gone. three. Yep, Aiton is gone. And the Warriors, big three. Mm-hmm. Steph, Clay, and Dre. Yep. After some controversy of whether Dre was going to come back or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's no, there. Together. The Nuggets are going to raise the banner. Then I get their rings. And uh, Jokic is just going to want to play basketball. Yep. Uh, actually, I mean, he really just wants to win horse or win horse, horse racing. Races, yeah. But I mean, if he can do both, he'll be happy. I don't know if he's ever completely happy. No. I saw him on the podium. It seemed like uh, he was happy when the, they were in their victory parade. Yeah, so happy yeah, he's or happy something the, else, yeah. He's happy at the horse track. Yep. So He's going up against LeBron. Yep, LeBron and AD in company. LeBron, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nuggets favored by five here. On opening night. I'm going to ask you a question, Travis, with your vast knowledge of the NBA <laughs> expertise. I'm not asking you to pick who wins. I'm not asking you to pick playoff teams. We're not doing any of that because neither one of us are knowledgeable enough to know. Bulls will not make it. Anyways, here's my question for you. Not who is the best player in the NBA. Who is the most important player for their team in the NBA? Who's the most important to our team? Like, if this team's going to make it to the NBA Finals, this player has to perform. Hmm. It's a tough question. Um, Luca. Mm-hmm. Ja. Mm-hmm. Joel. Joel Embiid. Yes. I was going to say, for me, it's two. Joel Embiid, I guess. For me, it's two. It's either Embiid mm-hmm. or it's Jokic. Right. And how fitting that those two are always the MVP candidates. Mm-hmm. In this era, as we talked about, this era of the NBA where it's, you know, the three-pointer is in vogue and everyone wants to shoot threes, it's two big men who are the most important to their teams to make the finals. Right. Yeah. Hey, sometimes old school doesn't go out of style. Nope. Nope. 
Mm, I mean, there are uh, other Jason, players who are important. Yeah, Jimmy Butler is important to the Heat if they're going to make a run. Um, also, if he cuts his hair. Um, that was just that was just I know media day. I mean, Trey Young. Obviously, if Trey Young's not on the court, the Shea Gilchrist Alexander. He's very important to the Thunder. Um, mm. The one question I have this year, Travis, about the NBA season. Are the Kings for real? Or was last it's year a one-hit wonder? A one-hit wonder. Because hmm. I'm rooting for them. Right. They've been the laughing stock of the NBA for so long mm-hmm. that I want them to do good. But it's also the Kings. It is also the Kings, yeah. So we'll see about that. We'll see. Also, it should be the uh, also a debut of the uh, in season tournament this year as well. Yep, the in season tournament starts this this year, and I think early December. And uh, also the the new rule about uh, sitting players. Yep. Which doesn't affect you know someone like it only affects remember all NBA and all star players. So someone like uh I forget his name, the guy from the Spurs. When when Bob Victor Wimbiama yes doesn't affect him he could sit every game if the Spurs wanted him to <laughs> uh, yeah doesn't affect Kawhi Leonard because he's coming off an injury so oh, he can geez. sit as much as he needs to get healthy so oh, great there's ways to get around this rule there is there's always way there's always ways there's always and the NBA cap. will always fold to the players yeah. Yeah, Victor Wimbiama should be interesting to watch this season, and it could be a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, another player that kind of was like a freak athlete that was talked about but didn't last season because of injuries, Chet Holmgren, going to be playing uh, this season for the Thunder Yep. as well. Of course, we'll see what happens with Dame Lillard in Milwaukee, see how that works out. Mm-hmm. The 76ers situation with James Harden Harden. will ever be worked out or if Joel Embiid is just going to be standing here all alone trying to put Philly on his back and get him places. Will Ben Um, Simmons play a game? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How many games will AD play for the Lakers? KD, is he going to get hurt again? Uh, It's when Ja... He's going to be back. What is he going to look like when he finally is on the court? Can Zion stay on the court as well? Eric's favorite. He is a bust, Travis. <laughs> I heard, I heard, I, I think it was Windhorse on Greeny this morning. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, he mentioned all these great players. And um, Greeny said, you know, oh, I noticed you didn't mention the Pelicans and Zion. And Windhorse said, well, Zion has yet to show that he can be healthy, so until he is healthy, I will not include him in talking about major players in the NBA. Ooh, 100% true. It's true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> My question is, can anyone stop the Celtics? That's, right. I mean, that's the question of the NBA this year. That yeah. Celtics team is loaded. It is. It's a good team. I, I, can anyone stop them? And we will talk more about it in April, whenever the postseason starts. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow, Christmas the, Day. Tomorrow, yeah, we'll, we'll pay attention in the Christmas time. Christmas time and maybe the All Star Break trade deadline ish area. Yeah, tomorrow, 
Boston, a lot more teams get in their action tomorrow. Boston and New York on ESPN and uh, Dallas and San Antonio as well. And you can go to that New York Knicks game. Tickets are as low as $146. Great. The most expensive most expensive ticket. Uh, they're the uh, two of the cheapest in Memphis. You can possibly see Zion versus the Grizzlies for as low as $7. For as low as $9, you can head over to Indy and see the Wizards against the Pacers. All right. So you want to check out some NBA action. Uh, Wednesday, you can certainly do so. And that is our NBA preview yep. for this season. Hope you enjoyed the expertise there that we had from the NBA. And uh, all right, to uh, close this one out, we're gonna do some of this day in sports history. Yeah, let's do this day in sports. We history. already give you some information on the NHL. Yes, on this that was day. that was bonus this day. That's a bonus. We actually have yesterday and today. Oh, we got to clean up yesterday. Yes, yesterday we were so jam packed we didn't get to it. So yesterday, Travis in 1993, Joe Carter hit a walk off three run homer in Game Six of the World Series, give Toronto its second consecutive World Series title, along with Bill Mazeraki's walk off in 1960, Carter's blast. One of just two walk-off homers to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. Yep. On uh, January or January, look at me. October twenty-third, twenty ten, the Giants won their twenty-first pennant, defeating the Phillies three to two in Game Six of the NLCS at Citizens Bank Park. Juan Uribe's two-out tie-breaking home run off of Ryan Madsen in the eighth inning is the game winner. Mm-hmm. October twenty-third, twenty eleven. Tim Tebow rallies the Broncos from a 15-0 deficit in the fourth quarter to win in overtime. Tebow throws a touchdown and rushes for the conversion to tie it with under 20 seconds to go. Good old Tim Tebow as a Bronco. Hmm. And on October 23rd, 2019, Kyrie Irving pours in 50 points, setting a new NBA record for points in a debut with a new team as his Brooklyn Nets fall to the Timberwolves, 127-126. to Will that record get broken maybe by Dame? Maybe by Durant of most points scored with a new team. I got to break 50. It's mm. the record Maybe. Kyrie made. Mm. Maybe. All right. On today, Travis, today in 1992, Canada wins its first ever World Series as the Blue Jays beat the Braves in game six on Dave Winfield's RBI hit in extra innings. On this day, I remember this. On this day in 2002, in a scary moment, Giant manager's Dusty Baker's son, a team bat boy, nearly gets trampled at the plate, but Giants first baseman J.T. Snow scoops him up just in the nick of time. Yeah, I remember that from the World Series. Uh, October 24th, 2004, Priest Holmes, how's that for a name, and Derek Blaylock each score four rushing touchdowns as the Chiefs beat the Falcons 56-10. to That is the only time in NFL history that a team has had multiple players with four rushing touchdowns. Mm, nice. Priest told me he was a beast. October 24th, 2011, DeMarco Murray sets a Cowboys rushing record going for 253 yards against the Rams, including a 91-yard score. Mm. October 24th, 2012, Pablo Sandoval becomes the fourth major leaguer to hit three home runs in a World Series game, going deep three times off the Tigers' Justin Verlander. Mm. And finally, on this date in 2020, Travis, Khabib defeated Gathery, Justin Gathery, at UFC 254. It was the final fight of Khabib's career as he finished 29-0, including 13-0 in the UFC. So, 29 and 0. Yes, there you go. That is uh, your this day in sports history. And tomorrow we got an important one. So we'll tell you more about that tomorrow. Important. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Very well. A famous one for tomorrow. I always like when we have famous this day in sports histories. Yeah. Like one that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow will be one that everybody knows. Everybody knows. Yep. 25th of October. Yep. No spoilers. Don't look ahead. And that does it for the Stain Sports History, Travis. All right. And I think that does it for the show. Yep. That does it for the pod. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, let's book in this. Let's close this out. And we'll be back for you tomorrow for more uh, sports, some more uh, local sports. And uh, until then, we'll talk to you then. Enjoy all sorts of stuff going on tonight. Game 7. Game 7. 99 the game. Yep. Phillies Diamondbacks going down tonight. The NHL Frozen Frenzy. And the NBA tipping off as well. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading. We'll be back to recap it all tomorrow. Peace out. Peace out.